We are in the second week of a new series where we're talking about who Bethany has called to be, what we're called to do as a church here in Austin, Texas. Uh, we're, we're calling this, this series Called for a Purpose. Last week, Pastor Tom started us off talking about how we are called to be in community. And I think this idea of community really resonates with us right now. For most of us, we just spent the last six months more isolated than we've ever been in our whole lives. So I think there's this hunger for community, this recognition that we need one another. At least uh, the people I am running into, when I run into them, uh, they are realizing that more now than ever. Today we're going to move past that, Um, not move past it like leave it behind, but we're going to add on to it. And we're talking today about how we're called to participate in God's mission. We're called to be the church. Now, I think some of you might be thinking at home, uh, how could you even begin to talk about what it looks like to be the church? Thomas, we haven't been able to go to church in six months. We just started up our in-person worship services again last weekend, and even that we're having to do in a limited way. We're alternating 9.30 and 11 every other week. Only so many people can be in here. It feels different. How could we start talking about being the church when we are having trouble even getting back into the routine of going to church? I think right now, more than ever, we have a need to see what God is calling us to, to understand how is God calling Bethany to participate in his mission in the world. Uh, We have a statement of call at Bethany, uh, and Tom read this last week. I'm going to read it again. God calls Bethany to be a community participating in God's mission of love, transforming us and the world. I know that even during a pandemic, God's mission does not end. God's mission does not stop. God's mission does not take a break. And so the call that God has placed on us to be a community participating in his mission also does not go away, even during a pandemic. As we get to talking about this today, will you pray with me? Lord, we invite you into this space. We invite you into our hearts and our minds right now. God, show us how we as a church are called to be a part of the work that you're doing in the world around us. Show us, God, in some fresh ways how we can still engage in that work, how we can still be the church, even during this time when it's hard to go to church. We pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us from your word today and that you would give us a vision for living into our identity as Bethany that you call us to. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we started last week looking at a story in Acts 9. It's the story of Saul's conversion. Uh, Tom did an overview of the whole sermon, the whole story last week, so we're going to focus on 10 verses this week that really give us a picture of what it looks like to participate in God's mission. We're going to pick it up in verse 10, and and this, this part of the story is, is after Saul has seen Jesus on the road to Damascus. He's had to be led by the, his hand. Uh, he's been blinded when he sees Jesus because Jesus is so bright. And he had to be led by hand into Damascus, and he sits and waits for three days. And here's where we pick up the story. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. 
the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name." So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened." This is an amazing story, Uh, and what I love about this story is that God uses a relative nobody, Ananias. This story, in some ways, this part of the story at least, isn't as much about Saul. It's, It's a lot more, I think, about how a man named Ananias participated in God's mission. God was doing some big things in bringing Saul into a relationship with Christ. Uh, Saul, who would later become Paul the Apostle and would be responsible for writing a good portion of the New Testament and spreading Christianity across the Roman world. And Ananias is a person that God uses. And so I want to go back through this passage, and we're going to look at four big takeaways for what it looks like to participate in God's mission. Four big takeaways that really answer the questions, uh, why do we participate? Where do we participate? Who is called to participate in this mission? And, and how do we actually do that? So I want to go through and look at these, these four different takeaways. Now, the first, one, the first one is why. And it's so interesting to me, when, when God calls Ananias to go pray over Saul... Ananias raises a question. He basically says, God, are you sure you want me to do this? I heard this guy wants to put Christians in jail. I heard he came here uh, to get people like me. Are you sure, God? And, And God's answer to Ananias goes like this. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. What I love about God's answer to Ananias is that God doesn't just say, yes, I'm sure, go do what I said, but he, he gives Ananias a, a view into why he is calling him and what God's hoping to do. What he's telling Ananias is that he wants Ananias to be a part of Saul being reached by the gospel, coming into a relationship with Jesus, so that then God can take Saul and use Saul to go and reach all sorts of people to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. The first takeaway about God's mission is that God's mission involves reaching those outside of the church. God doesn't just want to reach people that are already his people. God wants to reach people who are not yet 
his people. God wants to be involved in people's lives, sharing his love, spreading his transforming work of the Holy Spirit to people who have not yet experienced it. And he wants to use the church to do that. One of the best ways I've heard this put is by missiologist and writer Alex McManus. He says it this way, the gospel comes to us on its way to someone else. What that means is that when you experience God at work in your life, when God does something transformative in you, God's not just doing that because he wants to bless you. God's also doing that because he wants you and the blessing you experience to be multiplied to affect others. And I think that's the same thing that God wants to do here at Bethany. God calls us to be a community. God calls us to gather together, and there's a lot of reasons for that. God wants us to build one another up and be a part of growing and being transformed into the image of Christ. But that's not just for our sake alone. God wants to use us to reach those outside of the walls of this church. I think that is such an important part of understanding God's mission. It's also a hard part. You know, anyone that I know uh, that's been involved in a church long enough tends to have their, their favorite things about their church. And for the most part, I think the way we operate is that if our favorite things stay the way we like it, we don't make a fuss. But the second someone touches our favorite thing and tries to change it, you guys know what I'm talking about. We get all up in arms about that. Now, that's not the thing, that's not the way we've done it before. And I like that, that feeds me. And, and there's some validity to do that. The church does need to be a place that feed, continues to feed people, that continues to feed its members. Um, I know during this pandemic, we've all had to let go of pretty much every way that we like the church to operate. Maybe that's actually an okay practice for us. I think instead of asking the question, how can I make sure that the church has the thing that I like about it? We probably need to also ask ourselves the question, how can we make sure that the things we do as a church can reach out and bless those that are not a part of our church? How can we make sure that the things we're doing here don't just help us, don't just meet our needs, but also meet the needs of those out in our community? It's a hard question to ask, but I think that's one of the first thing, places we have to start to participate in God's mission. The next takeaway for what it looks like to participate in God's mission, I think it answers the where does God mission take place question. But before I get into this, I want to have you uh, close your eyes and imagine something at home. When I say the words mission work or God's mission or participating in God's mission, I want you to close your eyes and what pictures come to your head? Mission work, God's mission, participating in God's mission. What pictures come to your head? Now, I'm not a mind reader. Uh, I'm not going to claim to read minds. But if I had to guess, most of us just had these, these pictures and memories come into our heads where uh, we remembered a time when we were serving on a mission project that helped those that were in a more disadvantaged part of town. Maybe if you're like me, you had a, an experience on a mission trip come up where you were going somewhere else to serve people, to love people, to help people, to share Christ with people. Now, those are great examples of participating in God's mission. Uh, those, those, those are really some awesome things that God does when we go to other places. But I think it's interesting to look at this story in Acts. And what I see is that there's this guy named Ananias, and he lives in Damascus. And he participates in God's mission, not by going on a mission trip somewhere else, not by going to another part of town that's a lot less privileged than his part of town, but by 
being engaged right there where he lives. I think this shows us the second big thing about God's mission is that God's mission happens in our own backyard. Now, I don't want to minimize the, the need for us to have organized resources going to those that have special needs. More disadvantaged parts, parts of cities, uh, people who are in particularly difficult places. Um, I also don't want to minimize our call to be a part of global missions and going to places where the gospel has not yet been. Going into third world countries to help with real uh, Christian relief and development work. But we can't let that distract us from the primary mission at hand. God has put Bethany right here in Austin, Texas. He hasn't done that just so we can launch out to other places, but he's primarily done that so that we can be on God's mission right here in Northwest Austin. There's this verse in John chapter 1. It's the prologue of John where it talks about Jesus, the Word, coming down as the incarnation. And in, in Eugene Peterson's The Message, he has this great way of saying verse 14. He says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. It's this beautiful picture of a missional God who isn't content to just visit us sometimes or uh, stand far off and say, here's some resources, I hope you figure it out. But it's a God who comes into our situation, moves into our neighborhood. He comes to live the kind of life that we live as humans and understand what we're going through. At Bethany, we are best positioned to reach those people that are right here in our neighborhood, that live in Anderson Mill area, in Cedar Park, in Leander, in Round Rock, in Pflugerville. Those are the people that God has called us to reach. And so when we think about participating on God's mission, I know a lot of times we have images in our head of that, the homeless guy downtown that we served with mobile loaves of fishes or feed my people. We might have images, if you're like me, of going to El Salvador and meeting some brothers and sisters in Christ that you want to encourage and stay connected to and support. And I want to be clear, those are important ways that God's mission is accomplished. But we also need to add to our mental images the young businessman who lives in Northwest Austin, is trying to climb the career ladder, and he's searching for meaning and purpose through success at work. We need to add to our mental images the people that God wants to reach. It's, it's the new empty nester couple that's trying to figure out what life is all about now that their kids are not living at home anymore. It's the parents of elementary school kids who are trying to figure out how to work from home and do virtual school uh, with their kids at home and they're, they're at the end of their rope. It's the many people that live in our area that grew up going to church but they got tired of meeting hypocritical Christians, and so at some point they just said, I can't do this anymore. They walked away from church, and they walked away from God. You guys already know these people. These aren't new people that you have to go find somewhere in another part of town or another part of the world. These are people we run into every day. I'm convinced that God's mission happens right here in our own backyard, in, in northwest Austin, in Cedar Park, in Leander, in Round Rock. That is our mission field at Bethany. The next big question this passage answers about what it looks like to participate in God's mission is who is called to participate? If we look at this passage in Ananias, you know, we see that he is a disciple, What's really interesting to me is it doesn't say that he's a pastor. It doesn't say that he's a full-time missionary. 
It doesn't even note anything about his involvement in maybe the prayer team or the mission team. You know, and Ananias doesn't hear God's call and say, well, God, let me go get my pastor because if we're going to pray for someone to see again, uh, I, I want my pastor to do that. I'm not sure I'm able he doesn't say, well, let, let me tell you about the prayer team. Uh, I, I'm not sure I can pray with you, but I'd love to get someone else to. Ananias, his only qualification is that he is a disciple of Jesus. Every Christian is called to participate in God's mission. It's not just the pastors and the church staff and those that serve in the missions team, but it's every one of us who's called to go out and be a part of God reaching new people and God moving in people's lives. I love that when Jesus calls his first disciples in Matthew 4, uh, he says, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Now he doesn't say, some of you, I want you to follow me and then some of you, I'll get you to go fish for people. The call to follow Jesus and the call to share Jesus with others is given in the same breath. So all of us who are following Jesus also have this call to understand ourselves as a missionary, to understand ourselves as someone who God has called to reach people around us. Now, Bethany has, uh, I think, about 2,700 members, which is, which is pretty impressive. But you know what's even more impressive and even crazier to think about? Is, what if we said, we don't have 2,700 members, we have 2,700 missionaries who, through Bethany, get nourished and fed and grow spiritually, and then those 2,700 missionaries get sent out to go live in Austin, Texas, every day, day in and day out, and they participate in God's mission. I mean, how cool would it be to think about our church in that way? We're not a church of 2,700 members. We're a church that supports 2,700 missionaries in the Austin area. I think if we saw ourselves as that, and if we live into that, if we look for opportunities to join in what God's already doing, I think that makes a huge difference. And I think the area around us would be blessed from it. I know uh, many of us feel like we're not equipped to do that. We feel like, man, I don't know if I'm able to be a missionary. That's not something I could do. I, what if someone asked a hard question about the Bible? What would I say? And, you know, I don't have a theological education. Let's let the pastors do it. <laughs> One thing I've learned over the years is my theological education does not always help me talk well with people outside of the church. I love these big theological words that you need a dictionary and a, you know, a lot of online Bible tools to figure out what they mean and what the significance of this word is. I, I love those words. What I've noticed is people outside of the church really don't care about those words. Sometimes for me, it's hard. It's hard to talk to people without using those words. But you know what I have realized? While, while a theological education doesn't make you equipped to talk to people about Jesus outside the church, I think the single best qualification is someone who is madly in love with Jesus and wanting to follow Jesus with their whole life. The people I know that just love Jesus so much, they're always the best at lovingly and graciously sharing Christ with others. We had a middle schooler uh, at our church a number of years ago, uh, and this middle schooler was starting to get involved with the youth group. Uh, she was having a great time finding the youth group to be a community that she could belong and have friends and just really be loved on well. At the same time, and through that youth group experience, she started to really grow close to God, to not just have the faith of her parents, but to start to have her own faith 
and to start to get to know God personally. Well, this middle schooler was so excited about what God was doing in her life that uh, she ended up sharing Christ uh, and sharing about all of this with her neighbors. Uh, and I'm not talking about her, her neighbors like a schoolmate that lived next door to her. I'm talking about her adult neighbors. And I don't know if they asked her one day, hey, how's it going? And in some way, this all just kind of came out. And she started sharing about how great it was that, that she was be able to be a part of the youth group and how God was at work in her life, and she was so excited about it. Well, her neighbors, that left such an impression on them that they, they started thinking and they said, that's, that's what we're looking for. So they started coming to Bethany. And then they became members, and they're still members of Bethany today, all because this middle schooler was so excited about Jesus at work in her life, she couldn't help but just share honestly, vulnerably, genuinely. If God can use a middle schooler to reach adults, I'm convinced that God can use any one of us to be a part of loving people with Christ's love, to be a part of sharing what God's doing in our lives when it's appropriate, and that God can use us to reach into the lives of others and share Christ. The last part of participating in God's mission that this scripture talks about uh, is, is really the how. How do we even start? How do we go about doing it? You know, Ananias seems to be just kind of sitting around and hanging out when God tells him, rise and go to the street called Straight, and he, he gives him further instruction on what to do. But what's interesting to me is that Ananias is not sitting in church. Ananias is not signed up for his hour, weekly one-hour service project. He's not signed up for a church program. He didn't set this time aside so he could check off the box. It seems that Ananias is able to be a part of what God's doing because he lives it out as a way of life. Participating in God's mission is not a program you sign up for. It's a way of life. And it's a way of life that happens all the time, wherever you go. From the time you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night, you have an openness saying, God, come and use me. God, would you come and show me where you're at work and the people around me and show me how I can be a part of sharing your love, sharing the transforming work of the Holy Spirit with others. Pastor Wynn is so good to always remind me that the Great Commission, that we always hear those words in Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all the nations. The emphasis in, in that sentence, if you go back to the original Greek, is on making disciples. The go actually could be translated better, as you go, make disciples. Uh, Jesus wasn't telling them to go on, get out of here, go somewhere else. He was telling them, as you live your life, as you go through the regular rhythms of everyday life, I want you to share Christ with others. I want you to be a part of God reaching into other people's lives and blessing them. I think we do this when we open our lives to God. <clears throat> I think we do this when we build relationships with others, relationships that aren't uh, trying to make people a project. It's not our job to convert people. Uh, it's really God's job to change hearts. We build relationships with people because God loves people, and God calls us to love people with his love. And as we build those relationships, we, we share vulnerably. We be real people, right? We don't just try to be squeaky clean, good-looking Christians. We be genuine and the relationship leads to a place of trust, and it's in that place of trust that I find there tends to be opportunities to share Christ with others. My wife and I have 
felt like in the last few years, God has been calling us to invest in our neighborhood. Um, Part of that is because I work at a church, and honestly, I have way too many Christian friends. And don't be offended, I love all of you. But God has also called me to be a part of being a witness to Christ out in the world, to be part of his mission reaching out to new people. And so investing in our neighborhood, we get to, you know, get to know people from all walks of life, and it's such a great thing. Um, uh, just about a year ago, we were doing a neighborhood block party. We did a, a chili cook-off. It was the kind of thing you could do before the pandemic, I know. And it was so good to get, you know, all the kids were playing together, all the adults were tasting chili and just hanging out. And there was one of my neighbors that I've gotten to know, gotten to talk to a few times. We, we got to sit down and talk, and in the middle of just catching up on life, he asked me, why did you become a pastor? I'd love to hear more about that. I got to share with him unexpectedly, this is what God's been doing in my life, and this is why I chose this career path, and you know, I, I wasn't trying to be pushy about anything, I was just genuinely sharing. And then I got to ask him about his journey. He grew up in church, but doesn't go anymore, and we just got to talk and to share. It's conversations like that that happen unexpectedly You can't plan for them. You don't sign up for that. You just live a life reaching out to others and being willing to respond when God calls. And, you know, my neighbor didn't become a Christian that day. It's it's still in process. More than anything, our relationship is still there. And I am able to, to get to know him, and he's able to get to know me. I'm able to share Christ's love in ways that I wouldn't be able to if I didn't have that relationship. I want to let you hear a story from someone else right now. Uh, one of our Bethany members, Kevin Gorley, or maybe I should say one of our Bethany missionaries, Kevin Gorley, is going to share a little bit about how God has tapped him on the shoulder and asked him to start living on God's mission out in the world. Hi, I'm Kevin Gorley. I've been a member of Bethany for 21 years, and I've experienced so much love and have seen God at work in so many incredible ways through all of you. First half of my life might best describe me as agnostic or sometimes atheist. I became a Christian as an adult about 30 years ago, mainly due to the influence of a co-worker friend who was a Christian who was just so genuine in living his faith. Since then, I've, I've served in or led many different ministries within the church. In fact, I became so involved in church that all of my friends were church friends. That's easy to happen as you fall in love with your church family. Fifteen years ago, I changed careers from software engineering to professional photography and teaching classes at my studio on Jollyville Road. This opened a new phase in my life. I've met so many wonderful people from all walks of life, and out of that, friendships grew way beyond just my church friends. My world became a mix of church friends and non-church friends. Well, about three years ago, I attended a New Room event that led to an epiphany for me. We were encouraged to gather together in small groups and pray, and as I was praying completely out of the blue, I suddenly felt overwhelmed with a sense of deep compassion and love for these other people in my life, the non-church friends. I can't tell you how much it shook me up. I was inexplicably moved to tears, and I'd never had an experience quite like that before. It changed me. I began to explore new ways of loving my neighbors and friends and quickly discovered God was moving in amazing ways, not just in our church, but in other churches and denominations, leading people to explore new, relevant, fresh expressions of the church in the context of today's world. So with God's help and a bit of prayer, two and a half years ago, I started a free group that met at my studio on Monday nights called Life Insights. 
Several other Bethany friends joined in to help. It was open to anyone. It's not labeled as church, but it is an opportunity for people to gather and get to know each other, share about their life experiences. We've had book studies, TED Talk discussions, guest speakers, potlucks and dinner outings, and a few fun field trips even. And now we're meeting on Zoom sessions. The focus is not about converting others to Christianity, but to simply love them, build relationships, authentically seeking to love our neighbors as ourselves, and that's it. Trusting God is at work in all of this. I'm more clearly understanding Jesus' mission for us is truly outward-reaching to all persons around us, especially those who might never come to a church. We have opportunities all around us. We don't have to start a program. We each can look at the context of our everyday life and pray, God, how might you use me to share your love with the world around me? What opportunities right in front of me have I been walking past? God will respond when you're ready. I have served for years in ministries within the walls of the church, but now God has me on a different journey, a different mission, seeing beyond any walls. In fact, there are no walls. The church is wherever we are. Go out and love your neighbors, my friends. Love you guys. Bless you. The church is wherever we are. And so we're called, uh, even before this pandemic's over, to be a part of what God is doing in the world around us. Um, I have a question to invite you to consider, uh, to put this into practice. How has God called you to participate in God's mission right now? And wherever God has placed you, who has God put in your path that you can share the love of Christ with, that you begin caring for and blessing them by the way you live? If you're unsure how to do this or you want to dig into this more, uh, I'll be teaching a Spirit Walk class that starts a week from tomorrow night. It'll be on Zoom, and it's called The Missional Calling of All Christians. You're welcome to join me. We're going to just read through a simple book, and there'll be just a group of people to talk about how do we share Christ with others? How do we live and participate on God's mission out in the world? My friends, God's mission does not end because there's a pandemic. God is calling us, even right now, to find creative ways to be a part of his work in the world. So let's go do that. Will you pray with me? Lord, we love you. We're so thankful that even a pandemic cannot stop the work that you're doing in the world. God, even while we can't be together in all of the same ways that we want to, we know that you call us, Lord, to serve on your mission to look for the ways your Holy Spirit is at work in people's lives around us, to look for the opportunities you give us as a church to be missionaries right here in Austin, Texas, sharing your love, sharing your good news with those we meet. Come and lead us to those people, God. Come and give us creative ways to connect and build loving relationships with others. Show us how we can share your transforming love with the world around us. Pray that you'd use us, all 2,700 plus of us, to make a difference in the world around us in Austin, Texas. Amen.